Hey, everybody. Today is uh, Thursday, June 15th, 2023. It's about 1030 a.m. And um, this is the Tell Me About Your Tech Job podcast with my iTech 350 Real World IT Seminar class, Summer 2023. Today, we've got a recent graduate uh, student um, I got to know over the couple of years he was here studying. Um, did some neat stuff, worked on some certifications, and um, has a long history with the company that he works for. And um, I usually, I mean, in the past, I I usually had uh, people who had been out working kind of like four or five plus years, but I, I, I thought this was awesome to have Logan because he is closer to graduation um, and so has more of the 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 graduation thoughts and being in school on his brain than maybe some of the others who are further removed. So this is Logan Davis, and um, you're a graduate of iTech from 2022 May. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, what do you like to do for fun? And then we'll start talking about school and your job and that type of stuff. Um, I am from a really small town by Quincy, Illinois, if you know where that is. Uh, we're about, I don't know, probably 30 minutes east of, of Quincy, Illinois. We're in West Central Illinois. Um, I grew up in a town of 600, pretty small town, graduated with a class of 60 people. Um, so that's kind of about me. I, for fun, I play a lot of video games, uh, as probably many people in IT, or IT do. Um, I also just enjoy watching, watching some TV shows. Um, and then my personal hobby outside of technology is cars. So cars, what, uh, like, what do you mean? What kind of cars do you like driving cars, fixing up cars, wrecking cars? Uh, cars well, I just, What's I don't know. I just have always had a fascination with cars. And, uh, right after I got my full-time job here, I went and bought a 2013 Camaro SS. Um, and I've been working on modifying that and making it what I want. So that's kind of my off time. I'm looking at stuff for that and cleaning it and <laughs> taking it places and all that. If you would like, send me a picture so I can put the car on your page. All right. I can. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Cause I'm into cars too. My, my middle son really likes cars. Uh, we just saw, we just saw a pretty sweet Camaro the other day. Um, so I have to ask video games. I know I'm sure when we were in class, I complained about not being very good about at Fortnite, which is the only thing I really play. But uh, <laughs> what is it you play? I really anymore. I play a lot of single player games just because multiplayer games are I'm kind of in the same boat. I feel like I've gotten older and I don't have as much time to play and everybody's so much better than me. Um, I used to play a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, not anymore, but um, a lot of single player games now. Um, I really recently just played through the Harry Potter game that just came out. Hogwarts Legacy. Fantastic game. It was awesome. Somebody else. Um, there's also a factory building game that I like to play called Satisfactory. It's kind of a relaxing game to just sit back and play. You lose yourself in it a lot. Um, but yeah, there's just any single player game that looks interesting to me. I enjoy to play. I also like playing back old games from the past. So, oh, okay. So when I was a kid, uh, was when Doom came out, and uh, oh yeah, yes. So I bought doom um and then shared it with my friends we split the cost and doom came on five floppy disks the original oh boy <laughs> yeah yep so anyway i'm old uh that's the point of that so um tell me about 
like, have you always been in, into computers and technology? I mean, you're, you're pretty young still, but uh, how, growing up, I mean, you, you, did you have a school that had tons of technology? Were your parents into it? What, what, was, what was it like? How so you- not really. I come yeah. from a family of people that are not uh, tech, you know, literate, I would say. Okay. Um, so that's but- lower than tech savvy. Tech savvy is yeah. tech literate is even worse. Yeah. Um, and so really video games is kind of what got me into technology, to be completely honest. Uh, when I was like, I don't know, I was pretty young and we got a, a we had a PS2 when I was like eight or whatever. I don't know. A long time ago, we had a PS2. That was probably the first console that I had. Or no, actually, if we go back before that, it was a Game Boy SP was the first one. But anyways, kind of evolved. Eventually, we got an Xbox 360 and just kind of evolved from there. And I decided I wanted to get into PC gaming because seen a lot of it on the internet and there was a lot more possibilities it seemed like so i think i was 14 uh christmas came around begged my parents for uh computer parts and i was like i can build it i can i can and uh i have divorced parents so i got some parts from one side one some parts from the other <laughs> and i managed to build my first computer and was barely able to play Minecraft because I didn't know what I was doing on how to build a proper computer that was good for gaming. But it's just kind of evolved from there. I like to tinker with it and get new parts for Christmas every year and add new parts to it. And um, once I started making my own money, I could buy my own parts like that. And so then- Do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I decided from there that I wanted to be into, like when I went to college, I was going to do computer science. Um, and so I actually started out in computer science and then switched to IT later. Um, but and, yeah, it, it really originated from gaming, though, for sure. That's pretty. That's pretty neat. I hear that a lot. Um, one of my first jobs uh, was building computers at a computer store, so I built hundreds of them. Um, and and there's nothing like you know picking every part out and the research and the effort and the time and you know kind of the I don't know is it weird to say the love that goes into you know building and 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 making your own first computer. It's it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And I just recently got rid of one of my first cases from like probably 1998 or something like that. Yeah, um, well, that was one of my what I wanted to do when I was young and didn't know how the world worked. I was like, oh, I just want to build computers for a living. But <laughs> that's kind of a thing of the past, I feel like. So So did your high school have any type of uh, technology courses or being pretty small, my, my kind of limited? Yeah, no, it was pretty limited. We had, uh, I mean, general computer classes. I mean, there was typing, Microsoft Word. I think there was like a, like a Photoshop class, but I, n- I never really took that one. I wasn't really interested in like graphic design or anything like that. That was pretty much it in, in high school. Um, however, we did have a really nice IT person. It was one person. They, we had one IT person from the entire for the entire district. Okay. You want to so shut them out? K, K, K through 12. Her name was Shelly Kramer. Shelly Kramer. You can send yep. her the podcast and, link. <laughs> and um, she actually was an I, or, uh, IST major when she went to college, but she didn't go to SIU. But okay. um, when I was a senior, I decided to shadow her as one of my classes and it counted for a credit. And so I would shadow her and just do whatever, you know, IT work she needed on the side when she didn't have time. Um, so it helped a lot, add students to Active Directory, um, set up their user accounts. Uh, wow. And then I would go, I don't know, the teacher would say, oh, I, my keyboard's not working. And then I'd go and be like, well, it's unplugged. I right, plug it in <laughs> and replace some hard drives on some computers, replace some RAM. I don't know, just basic stuff. So that's kind of where in high school I had some tech 
or IT. Well, yeah, know, that sounds like probably some of the best experience you could get working with somebody doing the the real the real world work. You know, figuring yeah. out that stuff gets unplugged, and that's at the time I didn't know that I was adding AD accounts. I she was like, "Hey, just do this, this, and this. Click these buttons and type in this." I was like, "Okay," and I just followed it, and yeah. And now you're a network administrator. Yep. <laughs> so real quick, um, John Wood College. That's where you got your uh, associates in computer science. I actually didn't get associates. I transferred my credits. Okay. Um, so I started to John at John Wood Community College in Quincy. Um, as a computer science major, I took a Java class. Uh, that was my first programming language that I learned was Java. Wrote it all in Notepad because they wouldn't let us use a coding environment, which I thought was always really dumb. I don't know why. Uh, so I uh, learned how to code Java in Notepad and compile it in Command Prompt. Um, and I realized I just really didn't like computer science. I wasn't a, wasn't a huge fan of coding. Java kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. I hear you. Uh, the next computer or the next programming language I was going to learn was going to be C++. And so I was like, ah, I don't know. And my credits were kind of messed up at John Wood. So I was like, I kind of want to go to SIUC anyways. I'll just go ahead and apply after one year here. And I applied at SIU and spent the last three years of college at SIU. So that's pretty neat. And I, I can relate to um, not being you know, really into coding. I, and Java, I, I had to, uh, early on when teaching at SIU, I had to look up my, I had to try to do something in Java. And I went back through my college course files and I found, I thought, I'll look at my final project in Java because that'll bring everything fresh to my mind again. And I looked at it and the comments on that very final last submission were like, this is the last computer programming I will ever do in my life. I hate it. Peace out, yeah. Tom, or something like that. And I really got tired of it when I had to write system.out.println or whatever it is for uh -huh. every print statement. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Awful. So it sounds like you and I both have always, you know, kind of had a love for networking and 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 I understand and I can relate to that. Um, so you you came to SIU. Let's talk briefly about your time at SIU. Um, what did you like? Um, what else did you do besides classes? Uh, anything that sticks out in your mind that was particularly useful to get you where you are today? Yeah, so SIU really is where everything kind of came together for me to be where I am now. Um, I started at SIU, at, or like I transferred into SIU as a computer science major, did my first two days as a computer science major, got my first math classes, realized I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to do math. I don't want to do programming. I've heard of this IT major thing. I don't know what this is. I'm going to go transfer to that. So went and talked to the advisors, got enrolled in the uh, IS. Well, it's it was ISAT at the time. It's mm -hmm. iTech now. But enrolled in that program, got all my classes set up and spent the rest of my college career there. Um, my first like big IT class that I can think of was probably the networking class mm -hmm. with Mr. Hagee, the, the kind of the gauntlet if you will, yeah. that a lot of people really struggle with. Um, we had a lot of people leave that class because it was really difficult. Um, but, and it's funny enough that at the time, I didn't know that I would end up being in networking later on because I was like, man, this networking stuff, it's really hard. Um, so yeah, I went through all of my classes there. Uh, my second year at SIU, I was in an apartment and I needed some money. I was looking at on-campus jobs, managed to find this listing on Handshake for a student network engineer. I was like, man, that sounds really intimidating, but I'm going to go ahead and try to apply for it. Um, luckily, the manager 
for network engineering at SIU was very kind and Tell us who, accepting. Who Huh? Who was that? Which one? Michael Shelton at the time. Yep. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, so he was very blunt with me when I applied. He said, you you don't have a technical resume. You don't qualify for this position, but I'm going to talk to you to see what you know. I said, okay. We had a conversation for like an hour and a half. He goes, you really know a lot more technical things than you know. Um, so we're going to give you the job, give you a shot. And so I spent, you know, the last two years of my college working for network engineering at SIU. And that's where I got a lot of my hands-on networking experience was the first time. So, and that's one thing. Um, you know, I meet with a lot of potential students, and I visit community colleges and high schools. And and so one of the things I brag about, and I think one of the coolest things about our program and and the and SIU is the opportunities for student employment, doing real stuff. You know, real stuff. So why don't you tell us some of those things you did? Yeah, it's. If you're interested in any part of IT, really go look for an on-campus job because they're always looking for help and it's a great experience. So, I mean, when I started off in network engineering, obviously you're not going to start with, you know, super technical knowledge. Um, so they kind of got me set up and then I did a lot of just simple stuff like wiping switches and wiping APs and recycling them and kind of going through the process of how it all works. And then they made me sit there and configure a switch from scratch and make sure you get uplink and you can connect a device to it. You can connect an AP to it. You can add an AP to a controller. Um, you know, you just kind of get all the basics out of the way. And it's <laughs> it was very intimidating at first to navigate a, a command line interface. of a of, Was this of Cisco a stuff or Dells or Extreme? All three. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you you that was the first thing you wanted to learn all three of them. So you knew the syntax of of all of them. Dell and Cisco are pretty, pretty much alike and yeah. extreme is entirely different. Yeah. Um, different concepts of how VLANs work, or at least when you're configuring them. And so, yeah, that's where I kind of started and eventually was able to get more trust through the, the full-time engineers there. Um, they slowly gave me more and more uh, technical you tasks. You and shout out some of those folks. Uh, Jay Anderson. Jay was very trusting in me to, to configure grad, things graduate. that were gonna gonna go into. Yeah, he was gonna. He helped me a lot of understanding things and and just giving me the reins to configure stuff that's gonna be put on a, on a production network and stuff. Um, also, Anton Anton Castelli, another grad, good guys. Uh, he helped me kind of learn that Python automation is very important, and so I do a lot of that in my current role here, or some of it. Here in my role, so okay. Um, the um, one thing I, I I I like you talking about is you know you got this job and you're doing stuff that sounds like lame, tedious, you know, busy work, uh, wiping switches, but doing stuff like that gives you like really the best understanding of how the architecture of a network device works. You know, you've got to get these file systems. Um, wiped. You got to know where this protect, what, what, where the running config and where the save config and how to get into the recovery modes. It's the most basic and and most um, kind of uh, critical, I guess. When there's a when there's a problem and you need to fix something and you can't do anything else, you're you've learned how to get into those those features, and that's important. Yep, the recovery mode is the big one um, because there's you know there's three or four different ways you can wipe a switch technically. And one of the ways it just erases everything on the switch, including the image that you boot into like your OS. 
And so you get booted into a recovery thing and there's no help in recovery. There's, you can't put a question mark and it gives you a list of commands. It's you're on your own. Um, and so learning how to navigate that and, and get back into your OS and all that kind of stuff, that's, it, it can be a little intimidating, but it's a good experience. You don't want to learn how to do that stuff and how to fix those problems on your production environment when everything's down because your switch is broken. You can't even Google you know, right. I, I had that happen to me once and it was, it was, uh, it was a tough thing to do. Yeah. Um, so you had a great experience at uh, network engineering as a student worker. Um, tell us about the company you worked for, because we, we, you know, we, we, before we started, you said you've been there on and off for about five years. How yep, did you, five years. Uh, you want to tell us where you work and kind of how you got into there and some of your roles progressing up to where you are today? Yeah, so I work for uh, Dot Foods, which is the biggest company you've never heard of. I can almost guarantee it. Um, very large company. And we are a food, food redistributor, if that makes any sense. So uh, in a, high, a very high level, what we do, uh, we get food product from a manufacturer. We store it in our warehouse and then other smaller distribution centers. Uh, for example, uh, Cisco, U.S. Foods, Pacific Food Service. They order from us and we deliver to them. And then oh, they, in turn, okay. deliver to grocery stores, restaurants, schools, prisons, all that. Um, so at some point, anything out of Walmart probably has gone through Dot Foods at some point. Okay. Uh, same thing with Kroger, Walgreens, Target, all that. It's probably gone through Dot Foods at some point. Uh, we host a lot of different products. So How long has the company been around? Since 1960-something, 64, maybe. Okay. Um, started out of the back of a station wagon selling uh, evaporated milk or dried milk or something. So, Interesting. yeah, it's that, a family built business. It's still family owned. So that's why we're private. So And headquartered there in, in Quincy or what town? It's in Mount Sterling, Illinois. So we're about okay. an hour from Quincy. Okay. Uh, small town here. We're about 1900 people in the town, but it's a headquarters to a company that has 6,000 employees or however many we have now. I don't even remember. All, all out of that one facility or? or no, we have distribution centers across uh, the U.S. and Canada. So we have, I think, 14 now in the U.S. and we have two in Canada. So. Okay. So, so how did you, what did you first start doing there? So right out of high school, I was working for a skating rink and I just was looking for better money because I was 18 now and just needed to kind of finally get an adult job. <laughs> And so uh, I've always known about Dot Foods. And so I applied at the warehouse position, uh, went through the interview process, got it as a part-time job. And so I would work 30 to sometimes 40 hours a week because, I mean, you could work as much as you want if you were a part-time. So I'd work usually 30 hours a week in the warehouse, um, picking cases off the, the racks and putting them on pallets to ship out to our customers and all that stuff. And I did that for... About two and a half years, I did my first two years on days. And then for the last six months of my time in the warehouse, I switched to nights. Um, and I I would work 7 to 5.30 in the morning. Uh, and I, it was all right. It was it's kind of a mundane job, but it, it's a good pay. Uh, it's good for somebody young. Um, okay. So I spent my days there. And luckily, they were very flexible with me, so I could still go to college. So I would go away for the semester and go to college at SIU. And then I would come back and they'd let me work on my breaks as much as I wanted. So that's what I did there. And then I needed an internship to graduate. So 
I applied for an internship here at Dot Foods and my cards fell in my favor, luckily. Uh, I applied for a sysadmin job or internship because that's all they had open that I was interested in for IT. I didn't want to be a software developer, obviously. So I, or I applied for the sysadmin internship. When I got to the interview, they're like, hey, uh, we saw you have a lot of networking experience on your resume. Because your student you job. Be? And they're like, we kind of are looking into a network internship. Would you want to interview for that? So I was like, sure. And so I interviewed for both. They decided to give me the network admin internship that hadn't even been posted. And so I interned as a network admin for a summer. Did a lot of documentation work, ironically. Not a lot of technical stuff. It was more documentation stuff for our network here. Um, really learned the network inside and out. I was very intimate with it <laughs> by the time I was done. Um, so then I finished my senior, or at the end of my internship, they offered me the full-time job as a network admin. And then I graduated and then like nine days later or whatever, I started full-time as my network admin job. Okay. So you worked the summer before, so this would have been 2021. You got yep. your internship working there and you said things kind of just, you know, fell in your favor, but I I'd like to, you know, one of the things I've come to find is that, um, good things happen for people who work hard and prepare. So maybe it kind of fell in your favor, but I think there was some some hard work and some effort that um, probably attributed, you know, quite a bit to, to those things happening and the opportunities, which, you know, which which speaks to, I think, the type of person you are. Um, so you you worked there and you knew at the end of your your summer before uh, going back to school that you had a, a, a job at, at Dot Foods when you graduated? Yep. Uh, so at the end of my internship, I got a job offer, like an official, you know, here's a letter. I need you to sign it if you're wanting the job. Um, and then I talked to my manager about it and he was like, yeah, I think we're going to have, we might have you do some cloud networking stuff because our cloud environment's kind of a wreck right now because we, we stood up our cloud and we just kind of let the sysadmins run wild. So uh, <laughs> he said, I just want you to do some cloud networking. And so my last final two semesters really, at SIU, I was really focused on, you know, cloud networking, cloud technologies, uh, all that kind of thing. So that's where I did my independent study with you mm -hmm. my last semester. Um, the goal, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say it was impressive to see what you accomplished. Tell us. Yeah, the goal was to try to get four certifications within a 16-week semester, which was very ambitious. Um, <laughs> I realized very quickly that that was going to be extremely difficult. Uh, there's so much information when you're taking those tests and study for, studying for them. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I did manage to get three. <laughs> tell us which ones. Uh, it's on you. It's posted it, on D2L on your page, but tell us which ones. Yeah, I did the Azure fundamental fundamentals, which was just the basic Azure one. And I was going to do the other Azure one, but I never got around to it. And then I did, I'm a, or I got certified for AWS certified cloud practitioner, which is their basic one. It's kind of the equivalent of the Azure fundamentals. And then AWS Certified Solutions Architect Associate, which is and, the next step from the basic one. And the training for these was, is that is it all free from those vendors? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you can pay for some things, but yeah, they right. have a whole like, um, like roadmap almost mm -hmm. of just what you need to study and like a whole bunch of PowerPoint slides that are like 40 slides long. And I just went through them all and took meticulous notes and read them back as much as I could. And I found that a lot of practice tests helped a lot. So just kind of knowing how the, the question structure was going to be, mm -hmm. I did that. So. And, and that's one of the cool things that I've seen is 
um, more and more companies and big vendors and even small vendors are putting stuff out for colleges and universities and, and not even just them, but for free because the more people they have trained up on their stuff, the more people are going to be aware of it and kind of choose or maybe maybe navigate their company down there, that path to that particular vendor's products. Yeah. Um, and so you learned Microsoft and you learned Amazon Web Services. So you kind of came in with, um, came into the, the, the official full-time gig with, with a, a, a working knowledge of both the two big cloud providers. So that's, that's pretty cool. And you did that and it was independent study. Um, you got credit for it. Um, and, and you got to choose kind of what you were interested in, learn something that we didn't quite offer. Um, and, and you were very successful at it. So, so that was awesome. So tell us now, um, we'll, we'll try to wrap up in the next five minutes. Um, tell us what your role looks like today. What do you do on the daily? What are some of the, yeah. So as life goes, as life goes, uh, things don't always go to plan. So I started and I've just never done any cloud work. <laughs> I think it's still kind of on the roadmap. Eventually we want to start segmenting out our cloud environments or something, have a cloud engineer or something like that. But as of now, I, I don't actually do much cloud work at all. So um, instead- ah, Cloud's I, overrated, nobody uses yeah, cloud. <laughs> I still recommend it. I mean, if, if you're interested in cloud technology, it's, it's one of those things that a lot of companies need help with. So cloud engineer is a very big job that's kind of starting to be more common at, at companies and stuff like that. So I would not recommend going for cloud stuff. It's just, I, I didn't end up doing it. I, I think we've got some cloud folks speaking in this class later this semester, uh, cloud security guy, and I think a cloud architect. I can't remember exactly yet right now, but, cloud but stuff yes, is it's cool. It's awesome. It's cool stuff. It's just really complicated and takes a lot of uh, hands-on stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, Currently at my role, I've kind of taken on the a lot of different stuff. My day-to-day -day is different every single day. And that's kind of part of the reason why I like doing my job is I come into work and some days, yeah, I might do a couple, the same thing a couple days in a row. But for the most part, every day is a new day. Every day is a different task, different challenge to do. Uh, and and that, that's fun for me to work on. A lot of things that I am responsible for, uh, I do a lot of documentation stuff. So making sure that we have proper documentation for different processes that we do because before I started, they didn't document anything. And so we would do something and not touch it for two years and then come back to it and be like, Oh crap, how did we do this again? So that's, I've been trying to push hard for documenting all of our processes and putting it in one central location and then also documenting how our networks look. So if we hire somebody new on, that they can look at these documents and be like, oh, this is how our network works. Or we have an outside vendor that's helping us with um, architecting a network that we might not be familiar with. We can give them our topology charts and be like, here, this is how our network's set up. Can you help us? Um, we out, you know, floor plans for where our access points are at our locations, all that kind of thing. They didn't have any of that before I really started. So been working a lot on that. It's kind of subsided in the last six months or so. I've been working on other stuff. Um, I've also been in charge of a lot of monitoring stuff. So as we're moving to the cloud, monitoring is a really big deal because not only are you worrying about your own data center, you're also worrying about, you know, three other data centers on the hops to where you're 
cloud stuff is, you know? Right. And so we have different technologies that we're looking into for that. And I'm kind of responsible for standing all that up, analyzing the data. And if there's a problem, I have to present it to higher up management that doesn't really understand IT stuff. So that's, <laughs> that's the that's translation. Yeah. So, so have you, have you looked at PRTG? No, I haven't. So you might check out PRTG. It's a monitoring tool. Um, just uh, this last month, I, I got them to um, kind of generously donate a license to be used in, in our, our class. So I'm going to be teaching that. Uh, it's a product uh, I, I can relate to, to what you're just talking about, because I came into a, a job um, without an IT person there and I had to do a lot of the, what you described, um, getting things up to where you think they need to be fixing little things, making things better, documentation. Um, and it's it's a good process to be a part of once because um, you learn a lot um, and you also kind of get the opportunity to do a lot of things that you think, um, you know, that you decide are the yep. way to go, um, which is which is cool. Um, and and you you learn a ton. So so that's 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 pretty that's pretty neat. And you know, having one of these roles where this is your set of responsibilities, right? That's on paper, but really it's here, you know, yeah. uh, anything you could be tasked to do. You might probably be, you know, tapped on the shoulder and have to fix a broken keyboard again on your way into uh, and out of the office, I bet. Yeah. So not only do I do all that, I, I have so many like little small things that I've kind of taken over. Uh, we don't, before I started, there wasn't much network automation. So they were doing a lot of mundane tasks by hand and slowly. So I've started, since I started, I've kind of taken over automating mundane tasks with Python. Um, Python is a great tool for networking. If you're looking into network stuff, learn Python because it's going to help you a lot. And more and more we're seeing it because it's just, it's so much easier to automate mundane tasks and get it done. And one thing I try to tell my, um, my students, and, and this is exactly uh, a perfect example, is, um, and, and I learned this from, from working um, at the last company before, before I started teaching, is um, being able to keep track of how you've made improvements and quantify them. So when you think about like, what was the cost of doing those mundane tasks. You know, if one network administrator had to do user account, account creation by hand and each user took three minutes and they had to do a hundred a month, you know, how much time is that? And when you automate it and you do that over the year, how much money are you saving? And when that goes on your resume, when you go up for a promotion, that looks way better, you know, that you've got the numbers and you've quantified something that you did and improved, especially if there's a dollar sign associated with it, you know, saving money than if you're just like automated to make things more efficient, you know? Enterprise um, companies love ROIs. Yes. If they can get a return on investment, they, they you can do whatever you want. As long as there's a some sort of return there, they will let you do it. And uh, the, my best example of what you're talking about is uh, in December, we did a, a network upgrade at one of our loca locations where we replaced all, the, all of our networking gear. So all of our, our switches and all that stuff. And we waited to configure the ports until we were there. And so I had already automated, you know, putting the base configuration on all of our switches. You know, I plug in a console cable to my laptop, to my switch, power on my switch, run the script, it configures it, I'm done. You know, did all that before we got there. Then we get there, we trace all of our ports so we know, hey, this patch panel is going to this, or this patch panel port is going to this port on the switch. 
you know, we put all of our Excel documents together. They sent it to me and I already had a script ready and I, you know, ran it through a script. It configured all the ports for me awesome. and I'm done. And that saved a ton of time because configuring ports manually, especially when you have 48 ports per switch and some closets have more than one. It's yeah, it, it takes a lot of time. So automating yeah. that saved us a ton makes of time. it makes it consistent and it helps prevent errors that you know could be security problems um yeah. you know or or could contribute to downtime or 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 troubleshooting and you know again wasted time and wasted money um so yeah automation huge and the ability to do that Bill, is is a, a great skill that that you've got um that's that's pretty that's pretty cool um anything else that you do on the daily that you want to talk about real quick uh, two other big ones would be best practices work because that's always an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. Always trying to implement best practices, and then also security is kind of a been a, it's been a big goal this year of focusing. We have Rapid Seven. If you know what Rapid Seven is, it's a scanner security. Cool. Okay, scanner. so what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's one of our big goals as a company this year is to improve our Rapid Seven scores so that way we can be more secure. You know, uh, so I've kind of taken on the security goals for our team of kind of. Being like, hey, we need to get these things done, and that helps our goal, you know. Now, so, can can I ask, like, do you have any go to resources for best practices? You know, because best practices, or just Google, um, just Google and find Cisco's Cisco's website, and plus we luckily have some outside vendors to help us with if we ever have questions. Um, so, IT, I, I guess I don't know what sales partners, but also they don't just do sales; they do. Um, value-added reseller type thing yeah they just help us if we ever need and so we pay them and then they just will spend time we buy a block of hours with them and they'll spend time with us working on it best yeah. example i can think of would be like we had our spanning tree was not implemented correctly at all it was awful our spanning tree setup was really 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 bad and causing downtimes when i started we had a downtime that was in our headquarters which is the most critical part obviously and our frozen warehouse was down for five hours out of a 10 hour shift. So that's a lot of money. So it's people lose. sitting around not being able to do what they need to do because everything is controlled or monitored or input. Yeah, the network's down because there's a spanning tree loop or whatever, you know. And so and at the time, none of us really were very versed in spanning tree because it's really it's a difficult technology to learn. But it's, I've got yeah. it's my spanning tree knowledge has gone way up since then. <laughs> Neat. Um, so. Tell us anything you would, um, any advice you'd give to a student who's been maybe in their last year getting ready to prepare to graduate. Um, what do you recommend? Anything that helped you in particular? Um, well, if you still got time, go get an on-campus job. That's the first and foremost thing. Also, don't be scared of, in don't be afraid of internships because, um, you know, I know SIU doesn't require them anymore to graduate, but as the internships will help a lot. It's, get, elective, be, it's elective credit, so you can yeah uh, to be put in a different environment that you're not used to, and being around other people, but also being around people who are, I you know in IT because then you can just be a sponge. Everything that they're saying, just absorb it all. If you don't know what they're talking about, go look it up. Just you know? like when you were in high school. Yep, and so you know, I, I recently went to Aruba Atmosphere in Las Vegas, which oh, is neat. a conference hosted by Aruba. For work, and, and Aruba I was, is a Aruba makes tons of networking stuff, a lot of wireless stuff. Yep, they're starting to really get up there and be a competitor with Cisco. Um, but we were out in Vegas for the conference, and I was around a lot of people who had been in the networking business for you know 20, 15 years, whatever. And I spent a lot of time, a lot of dinners with them, and 
I tried my best to keep up with them, but I've only been in my position for a year. So there was a lot of technologies that I was like, man, I don't know what that is. So I'd look it up. You, know, you just got to be a, a sponge and absorb everything that you're you're hearing and, and seeing from other people and making sure that you understand everything. And, and also and be prepared for uh, protocol or uh, abbreviation talk or whatever. Acronyms. Acronyms, yeah. Acronym talk, because everybody talks in acronyms in IT, especially in networking and security. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that's true. And sometimes you've got an acronym that has like four different potential meanings. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good. It, it gets a little complicated sometimes, but uh, it's definitely good to know. Good information. And, and I, you know, going to those conferences can be hugely beneficial. You know, some of those... You know, yeah, so you learn about new technologies that are like cutting edge and upcoming and, and free t-shirts you know. and lanyards yeah. and all sorts of <laughs> that's the bonus. Stuff. Yeah. And we have a sales partner that took us out for dinner every night. So that was, that was nice. So it's yeah. good to be in that position where somebody else is paying your, your, your dinner bill. That's right. I had a $90 steak in Vegas. It's awesome. I wouldn't even begin to know what a $90 steak is like. I'm, I, I, I can't eat red meat. I'm allergic. So oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm picturing, you know, I, what I like, my favorite thing, I think it's are like really good scallops. Um, I think those are delicious. You probably have some up there at Dot Foods in your frozen section. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of meat and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. All right. Also build a good technical resume. It's very important. Huge, huge. And, and take it and share it with as many people as you can, because feedback is, um, is invaluable on resumes and and there's so many different opinions and different you know recommendations on on how to do your resume and um the most recent thing that i had seen which i'm gonna i'm gonna post this um i think it was the call and it google gets credit for it but i've been saying this for years the xyz um google resume uh i'm gonna say something say something else interesting while i right while i look this up real quick Oh, shoot. I was going to say one other thing, and now I lost my train of thought. Uh, there was another important thing I was going to say, too. Shoot. All right. So the Google. Oh, XYZ. I do know what I was going to say. Go ahead. Uh, just immerse yourself in it. If you're going to be in IT, immerse yourself in technology, uh, even outside of work. Constantly research things, you know, look at things, constantly learn, grow as a, as a you know, uh, professional, as an IT professional. Listen uh, to podcasts. For, for, yeah, uh, for real. Actually, I listen to a lot of tech podcasts. I watch a lot of tech YouTube, even if it's something as simple as Linus Tech Tips or something like that, you know, just immerse yourself in it. And that's going to help so much. And I also I home lab as a hobby at home. And so you I have, you know, in, in your I have a lab set up at home, have, you know, a server with Proxmox VMs. I have them all networked together and just like I'm constantly tinkering with it and just, you know, learning new stuff. And you, you can never stop learning in IT because if you don't, you're going to get passed by. So. And, and a couple of things I've, I've heard from employers is, you know, that, that home lab, um, when somebody who's a technical person, whose you know, passion is, is technology and security or it, here's an applicant, tell them, Hey, I've got a home lab. A lot of times they're like, well, tell me about that home lab, you know, cause, cause that's something relatable. And it shows that, you know, um, that you're not necessarily just in this industry for the nine to five, you know, pay in your bills type of thing that you want to learn more and you're going to be an employee who continues to grow and evolve. And when you, when you, you know, I, I, you've heard me in class, you know, every class I mentioned something I heard on a podcast, whether it's, you know, whether it's tech related or, or, or not, you know, uh, 
I have found that those times when you're sitting in your car by yourself and you're listening to a, a tech podcast, like some of the, the ones like the security ones that come out every day that tell you what has happened yesterday, you pick up so much. And especially when you're getting ready for interview season and you hear what happened yesterday or the day before and somebody asks you a question in your interview and you're like, well, that question relates to what I heard and I can speak to now, that makes a difference. And you, you know, um, I, I told you before, we were, we were talking right at the beginning. I said, trying to be productive every minute of every day, it doesn't always work, but you know, using the time that you could have as downtime. Um, I can tell you right now, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm off at two today. Cause I came in early I'm going to go home and I already have plans of what I'm going to do at my home lab. So <laughs> that says anything. Um, so yeah, home labbing, very important. And I can tell you that certifications are good, but if there's two applicants, one just has a few certifications and one has a good, well-documented home lab that they can talk about and hold a conversation about, the person with the home lab is probably going to get the job because they're going to show more you know, drive and want the willingness to learn. Um, On their own. And also being able to hold a conversation about some sort of technology in an interview is super helpful. Yes, because people who interview know the technology they're interviewing about and they know the questions and they can tell when you're full of it. Yeah. So All being right. able to hold a conversation is super important. Excellent. So I have five questions for you. All right. Uh, and these are fun. Well, I, I say they're fun. Uh, not necessarily related to IT. We're going to go through them quick. Are you ready? Yep. What's your favorite kind of food, cuisine, restaurant, places to eat? I'm hungry now. I usually do these at lunchtime. So this is my favorite question. Oh, man. That's a good question. I, me and my girlfriend go eat Mexican a lot. We, okay. we really like like authentic Mexican tacos. Can't beat them, man. Or Don Taco and Car Carbondale. I'm going to miss that so much. <laughs> oh, man. There's a couple of new restaurants that you next time you're down here, you're going to have to check out. I was actually just there last weekend. I was moving oh. my girlfriend out. So Okay. Yep. So, so maybe you've checked out some of those restaurants. Awesome. Um, are there any books, movies, TV shows, podcasts, uh, things like that that you uh, recommend, either tech-related or non-tech-related, personal fun stuff that you're up to or listen to or enjoying? Oh, man, podcasts. I have so many. Holy crap. Throw, throw uh, some names out there. And if you want to email me some later, I'll add them to our resources. Um, I'm not going to say the one that everybody else says, Darknet Diaries, because that's kind of generic. Everybody uh, but it's a good this, one. Yeah, it is very good. The next best one next to Darknet Diaries, in my opinion, is Hacked, just the Hacked podcast. Okay. That one's a good one. Um, if you like series, like a, like a podcast series, it's not like a regular podcast that comes out, you know, forever. It's just a series. Uh, Hunting Warhead is very good. That one's kind of uh, sensitive. So if you, you know, it's about topics that aren't very comfortable. So if you're not into that, wouldn't watch it or listen okay. to it. Uh, the other one is The Lazarus Heist, which is by BBC, and it's about... Is that the the South history. Korea? Yep. Or no, okay. Yep, it's about how, uh, you know, the group, the Lazarus group, and what all they did, and the bank okay. heists, and that kind of thing. That is really interesting. What yeah. about any TV shows? Anything for fun? Not necessarily TV show. Oh, you mean non-tech related? Sure. Oh, man. Because... I. I've been on it for the last like year. I've been on a Law and Order SVU kick. Okay, that's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Love that. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I don't really have 
a ton of shows that I'm watching currently. Game I just recently watched Game of Thrones for the first time, which is really old. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, not, that one was hard for me to follow. I tried, but there was just- my entertainment is a lot of YouTube. Uh, so, and if you're wanting to look for a good networking YouTube channel, Network Chuck, Network Chuck is pretty good. He explains a lot of uh, things and and good detail, and they're good for beginners. So, Network Chuck is a good YouTube channel for networking stuff. Awesome. I'm gonna put links to all these. Um, okay, uh, is there an area of technology that you're interested in learning more about for your personal or or work? Um, uh, for work purposes, uh, SD-WAN and routing, because routing is my weakest point in networking. I don't know okay. a ton about routing, and I need to sharpen that skill. Um, and SD-WAN is a huge technology that is becoming more and more a thing. So we're getting rid of the point-to-point VPNs or site-to-site VPNs, and we're starting to do SD-WAN, where it's, you know, it's you have an appliance on one side, appliance on another. They both talk to our orchestrator, and they just figure out a route to get to each other. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to set up. And it's really great technology. That's what we use for our different locations. We use SD-WAN. So, any and learning more about that is is very very cool. Huh? Any resources you've been looking at for that? I actually haven't been good about looking at resources because I don't do a lot of the SD-WAN stuff in our company. My uh, the other admin I work with, he does the SD-WAN stuff. Okay. Um, so I just kind of try to learn off of him, really. Anything else? Home home personal technology. Uh, I've been learning Portainer and Docker in the last like week. For my personal lab. Okay. And that's neat stuff too. Tons. You Portainer's can- really cool. Portainer's awesome. It's kind of hard to learn, but it, it's pretty cool. Interesting. All right. Where would you like to be or what would you like to be doing five to 10 years from now? Oh, man. Got five to 10 years to answer from- that question. I don't know. That's a hard question. I don't, I don't see myself leaving my current role for a long time uh, just because I really enjoy the company I work for and the people I work with. Um, so probably most likely here, honestly, staying at this company and being at a, at a better position or a better, you know, higher position than cool. I am now. So Cool. And sometimes those positions are created for good people, even if they don't exist yeah. already. Uh, there's actually talk of creating a, an admin two level that me and the other admin can apply for. So very good. Last question. If you could retire today and do anything you want, money is no object. What would you be doing? Hmm. Honestly, if I could, if I had the talent for it, I would like to do YouTube stuff in the automotive and maybe even tech space. I don't know. That's always been, I, I feel like that'd be really cool to do just for fun, just to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Show people what you're interested in, what you like. Yeah. To just, do. just share your hobby and find like-minded people. That's it's why, fun to hang around like-minded people. That's part of the reason I like doing this so much and putting it out as a podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Logan, any parting words? Uh, not that I can think of. No, I'd appreciate you having me on. And, uh, I really need to, next time in Southern Illinois, I'll have to stop by and say, Hey to you and Mr. Hagee and Sism and Bell and everybody else. I'll buy you a pizza quattros. All right. Awesome. Thank you for participating. It's been great catching up to you. I know it's only been a year, but, uh, I will be hitting you up in the future to, to talk to classes and, and share more of your knowledge. Cause you've, you've told us some really cool stuff. Thanks okay. again, Logan Davis. I appreciate it.